Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. In school, it's just not encouraged. We're crying out for young people to do apprenticeships. What you need to do is be on my side. Every time that it happens, we have to talk about how the good men feel. They sent me on for psychiatric assessment and they said that the thing that's going to fix it is housing. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696. 96 96 Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. 0818 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 You know that email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Three weeks today is budget day, and there's a campaign to be launched this morning. We'll be talking to the people behind it later on. A campaign to force the government or try to force the government to turn the tide on energy prices and the cost of living to try to force the government to do more than it's doing. We're being told that there's a lot coming on Budget Day. We found out recently that there's more tax money to spend on Budget Day. We heard that in the one breath. In the next breath, we heard uh, the economists saying, oh, you can't spend that money. That's corporation tax money. That money might not be there next year. But... A lot of families might not be there next year. A lot of jobs might not be there next year. A lot of businesses might not be there next year if the price of energy doesn't go down sometime soon or the price of living, cost of living doesn't go down sometime soon. We'll deal with all of that during the morning. And your thoughts in particular with regard to what the government might or might not or could or should do three weeks from today on Budget Day, which is when we've been told anything that's going to happen will happen. First of all, this was on the programme last week and we knew, didn't we, that it just wasn't going to get sorted in time. I'm speaking about the school transport problems and the kids that still don't have a ticket for their local school bus. It was made free. The fees were waived during the summertime to take account of the cost of living. That was a very positive thing and widely welcomed at the time. But of course, it causes financial problems and it causes logistical problems. And now you've got 
ridiculous situations where people are driving their kids behind the very school bus their kids should be on because they haven't yet had a ticket. And they're talking about cutting emissions and sustainable transport and lowering our carbon footprint and all this palaver and yet the people driving behind the school bus because the the children's school bus ticket still hasn't arrived. Now the Minister for Education was called before an Irithis committee yesterday to take questions on this and she declined to show up which is bizarrely her right no minister, I I, I didn't realise this until a few years ago when someone told me a minister is not obliged to appear before an Irithis committee. And yesterday, uh, Donna O'Leary, Norma Foley, chose not to do that. She's entitled to do that. Good morning. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think, you know, here in Cork and in other places, there's parents and children have been left high and dry uh, by this and people who had been relying on the school uh, bus transport scheme for years and years. And people people build arrangements around these things, you know, like, I mean, if you have two or three kids, it takes a while to... It takes a bit of work to try and figure out exactly what the run is. And if if you have a place on a school bus, then that is a big help. And if that's taken away from you, then then you're trying to figure out exactly how am I going to try and be in two places at once nearly. Um, So it's a huge blow to families. A lot are really scrambling. I've heard of people dropping hours and work just to try and, uh, which obviously, you know, is not what you want in a cost of living crisis, just to try and make things work. Um, So we've been trying to put pressure on the minister. It was very welcome that... um, it was announced that this would be free this year in the yeah. context of the cost of living crisis. But obviously that was going to lead to increased demand. And what you ended up having was people who were applying for the first time uh, getting places, but you also had people who had been getting on this scheme for years then not getting places. And really additional capacity should have been added. But where we are now is obviously the schools are open um, and uh, we can't trace our way backwards. We need to deal with the situation as it is. And it's about trying to source additional capacity within bus air and, and with the private operator. So we were looking to bring the minister in to explore this and uh, she was given no less than five dates. We didn't want to wait for the dial to come back. The dial isn't back until the 13th. We wanted to meet before that. She was given no less than five different times and dates and each one she refused. Now, I know the minister is busy, but I refuse to believe that she couldn't make one of those five dates work. And what that says to me is that... um, she is not interested in meeting with the opposition and indeed with government TDs to talk about this, to try and find solutions. She's not interested in being held accountable for the mistakes that have been made and failing to add additional capacity. And she is hiding from the issue. And for me, that shows a lack of respect for the committee, which is one thing. But more importantly, it shows a serious lack of respect for the parents and the children up and down this state who have been left high and dry here and are really, really scrambling and are very, very worried and are really really struggling to to try and make arrangements here as things stand. What explanation, if any, did she give for not None, uh, other than that she she wasn't available. Um, And like I say, I know the minister is busy, but like, you you know, to be fair, I appreciate the the efforts of the committee chair, Paul Kyo, who, you know, did every effort in fairness. Like, I mean, the dates were um, across a number of, uh, you know, between tomorrow and... uh, the following Thursday at different times, five different dates. I 
know that the minister, if she really wanted to, if she really wanted to discuss this issue, if she wanted to engage the opposition about how we find solutions, and solutions can be found, then she could have made one of those dates work. So for me, and this is not the first time, this is not the first time on a big issue mm. that Minister Foley has been in hiding, and that is effectively what's happening here. It isn't good enough. We're going to try and keep the pressure on. We want to see solutions here. I know there are families here in Cork who are badly affected mm-hmm. by this. I know Mandy O'Leary Hegarty, our representative in the Glanmire area, has been highlighting the issues in relation to Upper Glanmire and Carrick Navarre. Uh, there's issues in other places in the city and across the county. Um, mm. But um, it's 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 not just specific to Cork. And can solutions be found? Can we find additional capacity? Yes, we need vision here because, like, I mean, ultimately, you know, we should have a system such as there is in other countries where every child that ha- wants a place can get it. It's good for traffic. It's good for emissions. Yeah. It's good for uh, parents' pockets. It's you know, it's the logical thing. Everyone that wants a place should be able to get it. It makes sense. It makes economic sense. Um, but we need a bit of vision for the minister and there's been no sign of that so far. Isn't there a case to be made for arguing, Dunneke, that this is more in the remit of the minister for transport or public transport, Eamon Ryan? He, it's his job to run the buses effectively, not the Minister for Education. That's her, It's her job to get classes and teachers and school places. It's not, it's not her job to get buses. It's Eamon Ryan's job. That, that's one argument that might be made. <coughs> well, I suppose what I say to that, PJ, is that there is probably a logical argument that the school transport scheme might be better located in the Department of Transport where... Um, where, you know, uh, uh, there is capacity and experience with, you know, the logistics of this, and obviously bus airing is, is run by the Department of Transport. But the reality is, the way things are, you know, sometimes things are located in departments that don't usually make sense. For example, school meals should probably be in education, but yeah. they're in the Department of Social Welfare. But it, where is... Where no, is no it what right I'm now? thinking of it here, Donica, well, well, I'm just playing devil's advocate a little with the question here and not defending Norma Foley. I don't believe, by the way, and let's lay this down as a fundamental, I don't believe that a minister should be entitled to refuse an Earthless Committee. I believe they have to be answerable to somebody and they shouldn't be entitled to, to, to refuse without due cause. So let's leave that one aside. But if you... Like, transport buses roads it's it's another minister's gig and it's a bit like asking a plumber why your why why your wooden floor won't stick down yeah and i suppose pj what i, I suppose what i was saying there and maybe it, i probably wasn't crystal clear with it but like i think there is a case that this should be located in a different place and maybe that it should be under the department of transport but it isn't and formally as things stand, the school transport section of the Department of Education is responsible for this. Right. So the minister who is responsible, who the buck stops with this minister, with Minister Foley, who made the announcement in relation to the free uh, right. transport, which right. is welcome, and she was front and centre in relation to that and taking all the credit that was going. And look, we welcomed it too because people are under pressure. But now yeah. when she has failed to put in the additional capacity, and it wouldn't have been a crazy amount. When you think of the context of how big the scheme is, there was 121,000 tickets issued last year. We're not sure exactly how many people have lost out, but it's it's a five-figure and a low five-figure. Well, what's lost out? Donica, really what has happened? I think the biggest cock-up that, that has occurred is that people who were on the existing scheme who always had a ticket are now driving behind the school bus because sitting on the school bus is a new applicant who got their ticket. That's, that, yeah, that, look, that is a real problem for a lot of families. 
Yeah, and look, I mean, I think it's very unfair that people who applied on time um, have missed out, whereas, you know, people who have applied later have got the place. And look, I don't begrudge them the place either. They're, like, the scheme was reopened and they were entitled to, but, like, people who were relying on the scheme should have been a high priority here, and they're the people who've built arrangements and their lives around it. But look, ultimately, this isn't about creating division between the kids who are... Sure, sure, sure. I'm just making the point. But I agree, with you, I agree with you, PJ. As regards Bus Aaron, Tim Lombard was on the show here last week, uh, Senator Lombard, who I'm sure you'll know well, um, and he was talking to me about an old regulation that uh, drivers over 70, retired drivers, could not, under bus and rules, could not drive the school buses. Now, he said to me that the provision from the National Transport Authority, that provision, has been removed, so that ban is no longer there in statute, as it were, but bus still impose it. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, and, yeah. look, I mean, I, I'd agree. Like, I mean, that is something that could be addressed. Whether it would create the additional capacity we need or not, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. But, like, I mean, I, I think it should be certainly looked at. But, like, I mean, I think where does the capacity exist? You know, it's about hiring in. Like, I mean, if Bus Aaron doesn't have the capacity within its own um, within its own organisation, then it's well used to when it needs to for relief buses and so on, hiring in uh, additional capacity from from private bus operators. And there's lots of school runs as well, of course, that like, I mean, right across the city and county, people will be familiar with this, that don't operate under the school transport scheme, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that parents have to pay for this year. They're not getting any relief. And like, I mean, ultimately where we need to be going is that, you know, every child should have a place on the school bus. You can't do this overnight, but like, I mean, I think that's ultimately where we need to have division for mm. every child who wants a place on the school bus should be able to get it. Like I say, with a bit of vision, it makes sense from the environment. It makes so much sense from traffic. Mm. Like, I mean, you see the difference yourself, PJ, when oh, schools are back. I was on holidays, Donica, when they started to heat up in July. The announcement was made, as we know, in July, and I was on holidays after the announcement was made. So, like, at what point did the capacity or the need for increased capacity did you guys raise this we would have we would have um we would have raised some concerns in relation to it in the weeks following it particularly our transport spokesperson darren o'rourke and also that issue there that you flagged in relation to um you know what it, what are called concessionary places but a lot of people that would have been getting these concessionary places for years and years i think it was obvious from a very early stage that you you know there's going to be increased demand mm. if you make something free and it's welcome it is welcome but if you're going to make something free it's going to increase demand so you have to respond to that and the minister didn't do that uh, and then look you know, she has not been really available very much to respond. She did a radio interview on Radio 1 there a few days ago. But, like, I mean, that's one thing. But, like, you know, if you're serious about trying to get solutions, you need to work with the opposition, you need to work with all the government TDs, yeah. uh, which there are on D- the agenda. Does the invitation bit. remain open to her to come before the... Of course, yeah, it does. Like, I mean, she's saying she'll be coming in anyway on the 12th of October, but sure, like, that's, you know, that's a that's a fair distance away. That's really not good enough. Well, um, well there'll we be another issue arising then, Donna, can I make a prediction with you here because we haven't heard the last of this even if every child who needed a ticket had one tomorrow morning in the post there's still another cohort who are left high and dry every year and there's very little noise about them and again I'm not making this a personal one for you because I know you do but there's a cohort of kids who are left high and dry every year and it can often run into late September early October and that is kids in need of special needs transport they're a whole other cohort we haven't talked about them this year 
There is, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, and I think an awful lot more needs to be done. Like, and I've spoken to like a lot of this work is done by taxi drivers, and I've spoken to taxi drivers, a lot of whom are who are very willing to do this, but think that uh, you know the, the Department of Education need to be more proactive in seeking out taxi drivers who are willing to do it because the capacity mm-hmm. exists if the uh, you know if it can be sourced. Uh, but yeah, no, that is a, that is a massive issue every year, and uh, it does need to be addressed. Like I say, with a bit of vision, there should be a place for every child who needs one. It's not so expensive by any manner or means that it's beyond our reach and ultimately it will produce huge savings for parents uh, and a big impact on traffic. Like, I mean, that is what we all want. And carbon emissions, let's make the, the, the buzzword that's out there, the carbon emissions. Donica, thank you. That's Donica O'Leary, a Sinn Féin spokesman on education. And look, regardless of where your politics are and regardless of who is in government, it's not acceptable for a minister to turn down five opportunities to appear before a committee. I personally don't see why a minister should have the right to refuse a committee anyway, but that's just me. Kevin says it's hard for any minister to justify not turning up to do committee work, but on five separate occasions tells its own story. As Donica said, she was offered five specific dates, five different meetings where she was welcome to come in and take questions. And she turned them all down. So she did. 0818 96 96 96. You, you always know just what to say. Now you can ask your smart speaker to play Cork's 96 FM. Play Cork's 96 FM. You know what I want. Don't get it. There are now even more ways to listen to Cork's 96 FM. Tune in on your radio, online, on your mobile. Cork's 96 FM. Talking shortly to the hotelier from West Cork whose ESB bill or electricity bill, let's call it electricity bill because they're all different suppliers, has gone through the roof. You have no idea how much it is compared to this time last year and also to some business leaders who were telling me uh, at the weekend when I met them this is going to close small shops this is going to close cafes this is going to shut down family businesses I got an eye-watering figure for the amount of electricity being used just to keep food chilled in a warehouse but uh, Mary you've had it you have an idea good morning Hello, good morning, um, PJ. I don't know if it's a, an idea. I, I suppose it was more an observation, if you like. Um, I gather, I gathered from the conversations on your program there over the last few weeks that Electric Ireland is basically a state-owned company, it's or a they have a large a semi-state. Yeah. yeah, they have they you know, um, board gas or whatever was sold to a UK company or something like that during the um, the Milkstone or whatever. Yes, yeah. um, but. So why can't the government just control the controllables? If they bring down the price of electric in Electric Ireland, if they bring down the prices there, all the others are going to have to follow suit. Mm. Because everybody will switch otherwise. Yeah. See, the thing is, Electric Ireland have to generate it using, unfortunately, gas, which has gone through the roof. Like, okay, but like the thing is, then all that will happen. It will eat into the super normal profits that these companies that obviously the state is actually getting a huge portion of uh, yeah. because they're a semi, semi-state company so instead of me paying my tax and then going on my knees to the government you know to get the money back <laughs> like kind of thing to so that I can pay my ESP bill or kind of what allowances to me like that's only feeding into the profits of all these energy companies yeah 
Yeah. If they're dealing with if they're dealing with the price I have to pay rather than the price that these companies are charging. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, these the, these companies have to. The banks had to take the hit on their profits when they were bailed out by the government. Mm. Why this is such an energy bailout like kind of thing? Because in the banks they had no access to funding because the the floor fell through their mortgage books or whatever. This is the same. The energy companies have no access, and instead of the state propping them up, like when the banks fell. They didn't give the money to the people who couldn't pay the mortgages. Yeah, yes. They yes. didn't. They, they, the banks had to deal with it. The energy companies have to deal with this crisis and take responsibility for it. Yes. They knew it was coming down the track. They could have agreed contract prices, whatever they needed to do. Yeah. And, you know, okay, we did have a monopoly in, when it was the old DSB or whatever in the country, but if all they have introduced in its place is not competition but a cartel where well, there's price fixing well, 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 that, that, and that's a, that's, else, that's you know a kind of a dangerous word to use but I know where you're well, going sorry, I know you're, you're, you're no, no, okay no I think the point that is being made by many people and this is a true this is a truth, absolute truth the, the electricity companies seem to be charging at the moment on the basis that everything is generated using gas when we know there's a lot of wind based electricity exactly. and a lot yes. of solar electricity well, I was absolutely horrified there when the, um, you know, when SSE Electricity put up their prices and um, that expert that you had on your programme was saying, oh, well, it all comes from the same grid. Bonkers, yeah, that's Dara from that Bonkers. Ab- yes, but that, that makes zero sense because they're selling into the grid. So if mm. they're obviously getting more for the energy that they're, they know to the to the yeah. unit how much energy yeah. they're putting no, into no, the no, grid. No, 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 and they are all charging as yes. if all of the lecky was generated from gas, and, yes. and that's a great big anomaly in the system. Mary, thank you. Great idea, great idea. There should be some way that the government can use its leverage, if it has such a thing, with Electric Ireland, which you could say it has, to to force the price. It is also true, and, and I was only reading about this, the, 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 like, the companies are all charging at the moment as if every sup of electricity was being generated from gas, where we do have a lot of electricity going to the grid from renewables. Darren was making the point, Darren from Bonkers was making the point that putting it into the grid is one thing, but it all costs the same to take it out of the grid. It's all being treated as one source of electricity. Maybe it's time to change that, and the cheaper electricity would come at a cheaper price. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Let me head to West Cork. Neil Grant, uh, have you have you drawn breath yet since you got that electricity bill for the Celtic Ross Hotel? Remind us what happened. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, PJ? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Good. Uh, good. Yeah. Look, I, th- I think the the initial shock is is gone. Uh, I think we kind of we we knew to a certain extent it was coming down the line because we knew we were falling out of contract on the 1st of July and i think that that's the the big issue we had we were in a contract which finished on the on the 1st of July so we knew that it was going to be hard as as time went on we were going we realized that it was getting harder and harder to get a competitive price uh locked in and uh, so we spent a good bit of time shopping around um but then obviously the 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 rate was quite clearly going to go you know up astronomically so we kind of to a certain extent had expected it was going to be bad but I think it was almost when you saw the reality of 
what it finally was. It well, was in, uh, last in tw- week certainly was a bit of a shock. In 2019, your July costs for electric were 7,700. Remind us how much it was last month. Uh, for July this year, it was 18,262. That's more than uh, doubled. And that was, and just to put perspective on it, actually in 2021, uh, our electric was 8,324 and we used 3,300 units less in 2022 this year. So that vastly increased figure was actually uh, against the backdrop of having reduced our consumption this year. We've, had, we've been working hard. We've got a green team. We work hard. We've switched out all of our uh, lighting to LED. We, it's something that we really, really believe in strongly. Now we can always be better. Don't get me wrong. There's still days that you think to yourself, is there anything more we can do? Uh, we've replaced a lot of equipment in the kitchen over the last, that's broken down over the last couple of years. And we've done it in an energy efficient manner. We've asked the, the companies that we use, you know, what are, what's the most energy efficient appliance we can get. And actually we had reduced our consumption, yet we've managed to land a bill, which is 10 grand more year on year and over 10 grand more versus 2019. So it's it's fairly scary. How, how do you process this, Neil? As in, you can't really start charging, as someone was saying last week, you can't start charging 20 quid for a pint of Guinness and, and 40 quid for a plate of fish and chips. You can't start doing that. You can't start doubling and trebling the price of your rooms to cover all this. So how do you deal with it? Uh, look, there's one of the big things we did this year is TV, because that was costing us, I think. Sorry, uh, say that again, you dropped out there for me a second. So, uh, I think my VAT was actually near 14. So, like, not not alone had they messed us around a little bit. We just said to ourselves, actually, is that a luxury that we need? Like, how often do we get the payback for it? So we, we kind of cut that. I think you you look at every Sorry, line. Sorry, I missed what you said there. What did you cut, Neil? Uh, sorry, uh, we cut uh, we cut Sky Television, so we we uh, stopped uh, stopped using Sky, which saved us, I think, about thirteen thousand a year uh, uh, this year. So, which is bad enough as a cost. Uh, you know, we I think what you'll what we'll do over the next week, we've got our kind of green team meeting this afternoon, and we're going to chat about all of our our kind of energy stroke waste lines and food waste, and you know how can we analyze everything but you just look through the profit and loss you look at your consumables you look at your marketing expenses you look at everything and just say where can i shave a little there and there yeah and you do all of that before you start looking at your food before you start looking at your labor before you start looking at the stuff that yeah. could affect the guests and now, let's see if, do, let's see know? if we can't that line's gone a bit uh, mucky on us neil let's see if we can't uh, clean it up and at that point i'll just jump across to kevin hurley who is the president of the Cork Business Association. Kevin, it was a member of your own association, without naming names, who expressed those fears to me that this will close businesses. Good morning. Hi, PJ. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's certainly a crisis mode at the moment. Uh, there's an awful lot of worry out there in relation to the increasing of energy costs. And last night I was at the BFI um, end of summer barbecue and I was talking to one or two publicans and restaurateurs there, and definitely there's there's talk of them closing, up, particularly on days that they're not going to be very busy. Um, so that's obviously going to lead to staff layoffs and, and, and so on. So, you know, it, in overall, it's, it is a worrying time. 
What in particular is becoming most expensive? I, I know chilling food, like every shop, for example, has got to have, I mean, you've, uh, you've got a number of centres. Every, every shop has to have fridges. Every deli has to have chill cabinets. You know, your, your off-licence has to have chill, chill cabinets. The cost of chilling has gone through the roof. Yeah, well, the overall um, cost, which is how we rate it, is a kilowatt per hour. So we were tied in in what they call an infinity scheme, uh, which is basically like you're locked in for two years. And we were paying 13 cents per kilowatt hour. We're out of contract in September. And uh, the that rate is going to go to 33 cents per Ooh. kilowatt hour. Um, we approached the energy companies and we said, look, can you lock us in for another two years? And they said, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, that'll be 52 cents per kilowatt hour. So we went, oh, yeah, yeah. So we're looking at a 300,000 euros increase in our company. 13 uh, by 4. Hang yeah. on a second. That's, that's four times the price to lock it down for the next two years. Over four times, yeah. So it's actually, we're going to be going on a variable rate, which is 33. Um, and that is three times the price, basically, in a nutshell. And that's going to cost us an extra 300,000 euros across our company over the next year. So... Um, if, I, if, I, if I had any black hairs left, they're gone after, after this. <laughs> but we are getting into serious unsustainability here, Kevin, aren't we? Absolutely, PJ. And it's really, you know, it, it depends on the type of business that you're running as well. You know, if you've got an accountancy practice, um, you know, you really only, you know, you need to turn on your lights, you need to turn on your laptop and so on, or, you know, any, anything like that. However, if you come to a business like ours in Centra, um, you know, if you're a pub or a restaurant, a friend of mine, Billy Myler, owns Camco Supplies in Ballancolic, where they do workwear and embroidery. He's te- he's telling me, he said, how am I going to run these machines? Um, you know, so, I mean, it's across the board. It's not, I'm, I'm not just talking today with my central hat on. I'm talking as uh, as president of the indeed, business association indeed. as well, you know. Indeed. It's everywhere. But you have a unique eye on shops and retail because of, of of your own company. Let me stay there, Kev. Let me bring Neil Neil back in. I mean, obviously, every hotel, Neil, and bar and stuff like that, you have to have constants. You have to have chill cabinets. You have to have cooking equipment. Yeah. Lighting, heating, air conditioning, that kind of thing. There's not so much you can... You can't cut much of those, can you? No, you can. I mean, you can... Uh, I think there's certain lights that for health and safety reasons if uh, a health and safety officer walked through and you had them off they would look at them and say well why are they off so look I suppose we're you, you look at things like uh, motion sensors and all that type of thing that you can where you can you use them but there's very like you can't just turn the fridges off you know as we just said there you know you've got to have uh, you know a certain amount of refrigeration you've uh, you know, if you've got, say, uh, your cooking equipment, you'll turn it off when you can, but then mm. you need to power it on, you know, you, thereafter. You've got so to keep your food fresh, yeah, though. A lot. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. yeah. The one thing that was expressed to me and people I met across the weekend, and I'll put it to you both before I let you go, to you first, Neil. Your own industry took an awful hammering during COVID, and indeed you and I talked once or twice around that time. People are more afraid of what this will do to their business. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think I chatting to a fellow hotelier, uh, they, uh, you know, over the last couple of days, they, they said this is a bigger crisis than COVID for our industry, because I think whatever else, during COVID, people actually had a, a high disposable income, whereas now the public don't, in fairness, they're getting hit as hard as businesses are. 
in their own households, their costs are going up as well. Yes. Uh, you know, if you go out for a meal, you do analyse it and go, how often can we afford to do this? So I think it's that's the double whammy that's happening now. You know, um, and there was obviously government supports for many businesses during COVID, which there aren't now. So it's definitely a bigger uh, a bigger crisis right now than than we've had at any point over the last two and a half years. All right, Neil. Wish you well as you battle your way through it. Same question to you, Kevin. This is more worrying to certain sectors of the business than COVID ever was. I th- I think so, PJ. Um, you know, when when COVID um, came. To be fair, I, I, I personally feel that the government's response was excellent from the business perspective and, and they helped an awful lot of businesses through and it was a majority of businesses survived. Um, and I think in the back of everyone's head, you know, even though it went on longer than what we thought it would go on, it really was a short-term thing. Nobody knows where this is going to end. And, you know, as, as, a, as a business ourselves, now we're looking at, you know, what, what are we going to do going forward? You know, are we going to look at more sustainable, uh, friendly fridges, solar panels? Um, you know, we're working alongside Moscow to try and come up with different ideas mm. on, how to, on, on how it's going to happen. But this, like, you know, they're saying six months, 12 months, 18 months. Nobody really knows. So uh, it, it, it is certainly a worrying thing. But what I would say, PJ, finally, is that we have met with the government, the Cork Business Association have met with them, and we have uh, asked them to really think uh, hard and long and do something for us uh, in the business community in the next budget. Um, you know, you saw Liz Trust there this morning. Now she has announced um, a price cap on energy in, in the UK. That's going to be one of her first things as the new Prime Minister. So well, I don't know, is there an appetite in government to do that in Ireland? But there's something needs to be done because the energy companies seem to be making a fortune. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're just kind of at the sidelines looking on going, you know, what's going on here? Yeah, and thank you, Kevin. And for every shop, for example, that closes or pub that closes for a day or hotel that decides not to open on a Monday or Tuesday, that's people left without work and left without income as well as saving money for the hotel. You're also leaving people without work and without an income. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Neil Grant from the Celtic Ross Hotel in Ross Carberry. 0818 96 96 96. 10,000 euros, says Kevin. That's the equivalent of 833 man hours at €12 an hour. It will cost jobs, especially low-waged jobs. That's a stark comparison. The Cork Diary. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With Tusla Fostering. Now seeking foster carers for short and long-term emergency and respite fostering in Cork. See fostering.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Deputy Sean Sherlock uh, from Cork East was also saying he was contacted by a business who got a gas bill of... had gone up by €40,000 over the course of a month. Now that doesn't... that sounds bonkers. Absolutely de- crackers. But it's true. They're now expected to pay 44000 a month. Their gas bill for this time last year was four grand. Their gas bill for this time this year, as it were, is 40,000, 44,000. That's not sustainable. That will close business after business after business. In terms of how you might save yourself some money at home, 
thanks to Morris, he, he sent in this email to us yesterday with a number of tips, as it were, that you might use around the house. The first one, and we've been doing this gradually around the house for the last couple of years. I don't think we've got any old-fashioned light bulbs left. Take out all the old-fashioned light bulbs, tungsten light bulbs, and use either CFLs or LEDs. LEDs, better again. But CFLs, yeah. Now, they're expensive. That's the problem with those LEDs. They're very expensive. That's why we did it sort of steadily across the house. But take out all the old-fashioned light bulbs. They cost an absolute fortune. Now, here's a clever one. Connect the washing machine to the hot supply rather than the cold supply. Because remember what we said yesterday, anything that has to be heated using electric is expensive. If you have a hot tank and your home heating oil heats the tank, then use that water in your washing machine. Use only one appliance at a time. If you're using the washing machine and, say, the dishwasher together or the dishwasher and the tumble dryer, you're literally sucking lecky out of the wall at the same time. Never, if you can avoid it at all, use the immersion. We have one. I don't know when we used it last. I do not know when we last used the immersion. I think we had, tr- we had trouble with our boiler a few years ago and we were waiting on a part. That's right, we were waiting on a, on a you know, the keypad in the boiler went and we were waiting for a new keypad to come and waiting for our repairman to put it back in and we had to use the immersion for about a week and uh, oh, the cost of it. Morris is like boiling a hundred kettles of water at a time. Turn down your fridge as much as possible. The fridge is one of the most expensive things in the house and the freezer even more so. Turn it down to as low as the food can bear without going off, I guess that's probably the, the, the higher turned up the fridge is, the more lucky it'll use. Watch the power rating on the stuff that you buy. Only use the tumble dryer when you absolutely have to, which coming at this time of the year is easy for anyone to say, but I take a point. Use the radiators, use the dry weather, any bit of dry weather. Get them in the airing cupboard. Just try and avoid that tumble dryer. Turn your home heating on for an hour, off for an hour, on for an hour, off for an hour. Because the heat stays in the system for an hour. That's good thinking. Uh, Take as many devices as possible off standby. Standby doesn't look like it uses much, but over a period of time it uses quite a bit. Try and get the shower connected to the hot water like you do with the washing machine because heating that water costs money. And make sure you understand your your, your power bill too because there's a lot of small writing in those things. Good ideas. Thank you, Morris, for sending those. 0818 96 96 96. We'll come back to this later in the morning. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. On your radio every afternoon with the best tunes from the biggest names like these guys. My name is George Ezra. Hi, I'm Lugo. This is Harry Styles. I am always good for a giveaway. You're very good, thanks a lot. And the random stuff like House Envy. Can you see the water from where you are? I can. It's beautiful, yeah. Any interest in doing a bit of Airbnb, Gillian? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me show you what it's all about. Check it out. 
Simon Murdoch. Midday to 4 p.m. With Sky VIP. At Sky, everyone's a VIP. Visit the VIP section of the My Sky app to discover your rewards. On Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 966 966 96 966 966 that Kira needs to process her application with City Council. Somebody must be able to do it for her. Very distressing listening to her, doing her level best for her little girl, 24 years of age, born and bred and raised in Cork. Estranged from family, that's sad, that happens. Ran from a an abusive relationship uh, in another part of the country and now... The option she's been handed is we'll go back up there and register with them. And they're saying, well, actually, you can register with us here because we've nothing for you. So she's effectively stateless and, and had no bed for the night uh, if she can't get sorted with, with something. Uh, she, she needs some legal paperwork. She needs some legal help to get her through this. Uh, and and if any, anybody is listening who might know a solicitor who'd, who'd draw up the paperwork for her, she really hasn't got a cent to her name because she's spending it all on her little girl. Surely somebody could do an affidavit or someone could sign a document for her. I don't know whether a peace commissioner can do these kind of things. I don't know. But she certainly needs help with with necessary paperwork. She certainly needs help for someone with someone to advocate on on her behalf because she's at the end of her tether, the poor girl. And it's either it's either get help or sleep in her car with a 16 month old. And the point she is making, and it's a valid one, is that if someone sees you sleeping in a car with a 16 month old, uh, then you're having another conversation with people from the social work department who have their jobs to do and if, if if you refer to them well they have to follow up and there are so many people out there now who are mandated to refer in to Tusla so she, she's facing a whole quagmire of trouble if she can't get a bit of paperwork so if anyone can help with that we'd be delighted to, to pass it on to her PJ how do we change the water supply to the washing machine. That's a brilliant idea. This was Morris's idea that he sent in uh, that we should try to attach our hot water supply to the washing machine rather than our cold water supply because when you turn on a washing machine, it takes in the water from the mains, it heats it up to the appropriate temperature and then it washes your clothes. If you were to skip the heating section of that, you'd be cutting the cost off of every wash. That's a good idea. How do you do it? I certainly wouldn't be trying it myself at home. Uh, You'd probably want a plumber, I would think, unless you're handy enough at these things, or unless there happens to be somewhere on your hot supply that you can attach it to. I don't know. Um, Yeah, Kate says... Electric Ireland wouldn't even struggle with being capped or anything like that because they'd save on all the negotiations for customers who were in trouble. That's all done through call centres and debt collectors and that in itself 
it's quite expensive. 0818969696. And we, in regards to Kira and, and Cohen Lee, we have had three separate calls all making the same point. Uh, and, and that's just how I'm going to put it. Three calls all making the same point, And they make this point. The government was very quick to react last February with the start of the Ukraine crisis but seems to react very slowly to the housing crisis at home. People saying it's such a pity this poor young mother is facing the prospect of living in her car, yet the government seemed to be able to find houses for many of the refugees. I'm not saying they shouldn't be housed, but we clearly don't have enough houses for everybody. And that definitely is a question being discussed. How does Kira, Kira find herself in this appalling situation and we can rightly so sort out refugees quickly and efficiently and get them into places. How does she find herself in that in that position? A lot of people asking that question and you can't you can't really um, argue with them, can you? 0818 96 96 96 Now, uh, there's a, an event coming up this weekend a protest against the spiralling cost of living and it's being launched today, this event and it'll involve a number of different interest groups and focus groups and political parties and individuals and the plan is to have a march on Saturday week September 17th 2 o'clock at the Grand Parade Katrina, good morning Good morning Hi, people are at breaking point, whether they be ordinary folk in their homes anticipating the next bill or small businesses anticipating their next bill. The decision to heat or eat is a real one for so many people now. Are you there? Hello, PJ. Yes. Hi, it's Katrina here. How are you? You're part of the organising committee for this protest. Well, you know, look, let me start by saying that this is Ireland. We have Irish weather. We, we need our electricity, our gas, our fuel to get the kids to school or for people to get to work. We need homes. We need roofs over people's heads. We can't have people dying in our streets. You know, so we, we need to address our hospital situations for the hospital staff and all situations like that. But I suppose um, with um, the gas and electricity price increases, plus, plus practically everything else increasing, we need the message to go out that our people can't take anymore. They're hurting. And I suppose, once again, Cork's taking the lead with a march planned for September the 17th, which is a Saturday, by the Cork Cost of Living campaign. And that'll be followed the week after by the National Cost of Living campaign on September 24th in Dublin. The Cork one is 10 days before the budget. And I, I suppose the main theme will be stop the profiteering and the energy price increases because it's crippling everybody. And the, the Cork Cost of Living campaign involves just the ordinary people. It involves the anti-poverty campaigners, the housing campaigners, the trade unionists, the students' union, senior citizens, disability rights campaigners, mm. humanitarians, political parties, etc. right across the board. And I suppose there is a need for a, a, you know, for a cut and a freeze in the price of rent for price controls on food and for increase in the minimum wage to a living wage. 
during the pandemic, many of our businesses closed. We now have more closures with the energy price increases. Mm -hmm. So where's it going to stop? There's fierce devastation, you know, coming through the land now at the minute. A huge amount of people in crisis, a huge amount of people in fear. And as I said, the Irish weather isn't isn't good for price can, increases at can, all, at all. You can even feel it changing at the moment, Katrina, in the yeah. last couple yes, of days. And, and I don't just mean the fact that it's wetter. You, you can feel yeah. that it's colder and getting colder. colder. And we'll yeah. get colder. So, and darker. And darker, yeah, and, and all of those particular things. The argument you'll get is always, well, this is caused by a global situation over which we have no control. I think people have stopped buying into that. People have stopped buying into it. I, I, I just think people just heard, you know, heard that being bandied around at the start, but it actually doesn't. I suppose what it boils down to is that we have a crisis, just like we had the pandemic. We had a crisis during that. We now have another crisis. And I suppose there's all hands on deck to fix this, to bring solutions and to fix it fairly lively before we lose more people. I was talking to someone over the weekend, just a friend, who would be worried now about bills coming in. He made a fabulous point, Katrina. He said, you know, when COVID was bad, we went in, stayed in, watched the telly, got on with things, and when it was safe, we came out again. But you can't do that here because you still need to eat. You still need to heat the house. So I I, I could control my safety by staying away from where COVID was. I can't stay away from this. I thought that was a fabulous comparison. It is a great comparison. And it's just, I suppose, the way people are feeling right now. No control. People have no control over the bills that's coming to them. People have no control over the worries that they're facing. People have no control over, you know, the cost of living. They have no control over rent increases. Evictions have to be stopped. You know, all of this stuff needs to be addressed for the sake of the people in the country. And for the sake of the people that are feeling it, for the sake of the people that are hurting, everybody is hurting. You know, we, you hear people talking about, I'm dreading my next ESC bill. I'm going to have to change, you know, who, who, who I'm with. Like, they're discussing so many different things around price increases. And they're talking about the, the increases in the shops and, and where they should go. Do you know, this seems to be the mainstay now of people's lives where to get the best deals, what to do to save energy, what to do for to, to, to get by and, and just scrape through. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard. I was just doing a comparison here the other day between my own summertime bills year on year. So my say my July gas bill, which is always my lowest bill of the year, my July mm-hmm. gas bill would have been last year less than 50 quid. And, and, and this year... It's just under 80. And it's yeah. for the same amount of use, you know. Exactly. That, that's, yeah. I, I, and, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. And people have to pay those because if they don't pay them, they won't have it. Yeah. So, like, these things have to be paid. They're essential. They're essential bills that have to be paid. And if people don't have the money for it, you know, you, you hear people saying they can't get to work. Mm. You'll see more and more people walking to work. You'll see, you know, and like when I, and people might say, you to healthy to walk. And if you have to walk six or seven kilometres every morning you know, and things like that and do is, a day's is work. Is it just me, actually, who thinks that that is the most patronising, silly thing to say to someone? Or oh, you could walk, sorry, walk with three kids hanging out here, exactly. eight or nine kilometres in the pissing rain? Yep. Sorry. 
That's not an it's option awesome. for anybody. That's not an option no. for anyone. Katrina, I, I think I might have, I hope I don't conf- confuse the nation. It wouldn't be the first time I did. The march in Cork is Saturday the 17th, which is Saturday, Saturday week. Saturday week. Yes, Saturday week. And actually this Saturday night, we, we, we'll we be done by the, the plaza next to the City Hall for World Suicide Prevention Day. Ah, yes. And we'll be High Hope Square and, and you know, lots of other agencies will be there as well. And there'll be... Um, the boats will be on the river from missing persons and Port of Cork and uh, the, for, from the army. From um, So we, just to highlight that we're all here for everybody to reach out. We'll sing our brains out and we'll have a few people that will say a few words, you know, just to kind of, And it'll be to remember all we have lost. Indeed. And it, it'll be a reminder probably that we don't want to lose any more. So these are the reasons why we need to fix these issues. And it'll be, you know, to tell people to reach out to us. So that's, that's well, it's next Saturday for definite, the 10th. And the following week then is the Cost of Living campaign. Yeah. And it'll go through the city. And I, I do, do, do you sense the, a big crowd at that, Katrina? Do you sense I, I, be, a big I believe, crowd? I believe there should be because it's affecting everybody. And I believe there's, you know, that old thing, the safety in numbers like and stuff like that. Like if people... Show, I suppose, what would be the word, solidarity with each other. They show community with each other. They show that they hurt for each other as well as hurting for themselves. Mm. And that message has to go out there. It's got to stop somewhere. Yeah. Got to stop. And it's got to stop before the cold, harsh Mm -hmm. winter. Mm -hmm. It does severe damage and the people are found in their homes because they can't turn on their heating. Like, I know our elderly are scared because we talk to a lot of them. Paddy O'Brien is a, an outstanding advocate and he keeps highlighting it the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, you know, it's not something I'm just think, saying or dreaming of. It's what everybody is saying on the ground here. It We're is. hurt. It is. We're suffering. It is. And people who never struggled before are dreading that next bill coming in. Katrina, thank you. One of a number of people involved in the organisation of the event, which is Saturday week, the 17th September two o'clock on the Grand Parade. Whether there be a big crowd or not, I do not know. There's a national protest in Dublin the following week, but Cork will be forced out of the traps. It's a kind of a coming together of anti-poverty groups, housing campaigners, unions, student unions, political parties. They'll be asking for all sorts of things like a, a cut and a freeze in rent, ban on evictions, price controls increase in minimum wage and to stop the profiteering in and by the energy industry. There are those who would argue, economically at least, that we can't really impose too much punishment on our suppliers here because they're only charging what they have to charge. I'm not too sure I buy that anymore. I'm not really too sure that I buy that anymore. It's getting desperately, desperately expensive too. To run a home and live and eat and light and heat. And here we are in September and people are worried. What's it going to be like come November, December when it's cold and it's wet and it's dark and it's horrible? It it really is awful. And, you know, Katrina referred to something there and and I said it and I back it up. You know these people who say, oh, well, you can save energy by not driving. You can walk, you can cycle. Sorry, Hold on a cotton pick a minute here. Try telling that to someone who's got to get two kids to school for nine o'clock, get themselves to work for maybe quarter past, half past nine. There's a, a round trip of several kilometres. There's no bus. 
worth talking about and it's pouring rain, are you really going to expect someone to drag two kids behind them to save the cost of petrol? I think an awful lot of that comes from people who are well healed and, and never really needed to do it. 0818 96 96 96. Katrina read out a list of things that are needed. It should be printed out, posters made up and put up around the city. It might shame the government. On housing, uh, I live in an estate in Carrigaline that has four vacant council houses for over a year now. A four bed, a three bed, a two bed and a one bed. This is a disgrace. People are crying out for houses. These houses are vacant. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. So it turns out this is just happening off air. It's a live ongoing conversation as we speak here. But uh, most modern washing machines have just one water inlet. And you connect it up the cold water to it. That's a caller was on the phone saying that. Fergal actually has one with two inlets. I'm not too sure. But anyway. Uh, But yeah, it seems that EU-friendly washing machines, washing machines that get EU approval, uh, now have only one inlet uh, where you put the cold water and they heat it up inside in some highly technological way. I think it's called thermostatic switching. We have a... Uh, a friend who does a bit of this appliance stuff and it's 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 called um thermostatic switching and and um yeah can you connect now we wanted to look this up this is the electrolux website can i connect my washing machine to a hot water supply uh, we do not recommend connecting washing machines to a hot water supply says the electrolux website Uh, Technically, the inlet valves of our machines are designed for water of up to 65 degrees, but the washing programs do not always use hot water, and the water used for washing cannot be cooled down again. And continuous hot water can lead to unsatisfactory washing results. So, you can, but they don't recommend it. But sure, if the water in your taps is warm at least... 65 degrees is hot water, lads. It's very hot water. But if the temperature in your in your pipes is lower than that, like we do everything, all of, all of our wash at home, most of the stuff we wash is on 45 degrees. It's fairly handy for most things. Like, there's less heating power required in that. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, the two inlet one would... Mi- I'm, we're going down a rabbit hole and that's fine if he'd want to go down the rabbit hole that's right one with two inlets would obviously mix cold and hot sources very true very true that probably wouldn't have uh, an interior heater would it? don't know don't know 0818 96 96 96 but thank you to Morris for starting an entire conversation we never expected Morris suggests that if you can hook up your hot water to your washing machine, it'll save you money because the machine won't have to heat it up before it does the washing. 0818 96 96 96 on housing. Betty says, 
There are several houses in Castle Martyr in the main street that have been idle so long that they are derelict. Nora says, PJ, we live in a world where people are being increasingly alienated. We need to wake up and stop the economic monster that is eating us and our children alive. 0818969696. I'm doing a lot. I'm doing this job a long time, as I keep saying, and I've seen a lot of issues over the years. And we went through the water charges and the confu- and the annoyance that caused, and there was polarised views on water. There were polarised views on it. One thing that I'm seeing total unity on this, total absolute unity, is the cost of energy and the cost of heating and lighting your home has got to be taken into some kind of control. I don't think anybody is is opposing that right now. I'll come back to washing machines <laughs> if you've anything to offer. Be nice to get an appliance expert actually who'd explain to us whether or not you actually can put hot water into a standard machine with one inlet. Uh, the Electrolux website says it kind of says you can, but it kind of recommends that you don't. How endeavour? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The Big Brother Big Sister program. We've talked about it before, uh, and they are looking for new bigs to join. Their website is bigbrotherbigsister.ie, and they're looking for more big brothers and big sisters to join and get involved. Jamie Monaghan, you've been involved for a number of years now, and I think it's brought a lot to your life. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. You've been involved in this scheme. Tell me about it. Yep, I've been involved for four years. I was matched with Jewel when she was 12, and now she's 16. So you can imagine that there are a lot of changes over those kind of crucial years in a young person's life. And it's been a pleasure and a privilege to be her friend over these last four years. Why did you get involved in the first place, Jamie? What drew you to it? Well, I've been aware of the program for many years, um, going back to when I still lived in the U.S. And I've lived in Cork for 22 years, so that's a long time ago. And I just always had it in the back of my mind that it's something that I would like to do at some point in life. And um, the time came and I just thought, you know, I'm going to go and put myself forward and see if I can become part of this program. And I'm so glad that I did. So the relationship, did you choose who you were a big sister to or did the system choose it for you or what's the story there? Well, um, no, I certainly didn't choose. And um, there is a program officer in the Cork Big Brother Big Sister office, Brenda Keating O'Mara, who is fantastic. And I'm telling you, she should be up at Listoon Varna because she knows how to make the match. (laughs) She put me together with Jewel after really waiting a long time. I went through the Big Brother, Big Sister training program. They have this, you know, induction and training um, a few times a year. So you come in with a a new group of bigs and go through a weekend of training and a couple of evenings. It's quite thorough, very, very useful. Uh, You do a guarded check. I mean, they they really make sure that, you know, you're checked out properly as as well. Mm. And, um, And then... I sat back and waited to be matched. 
And it actually took quite a long time. I'd say that I... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm quite atypical. I'm an older I'm American. I have um, a real interest in the arts and, and the performing arts particularly. Mm-hmm. And so, so, it, so, so Brenda waited until a young person entered the program and she said, those two will be a good match. Right. And she was dead right. right. And it took months. I mean, literally. And, um, and so from the first time that Jewel and I met, we we knew that we had um, a shared interest in in performing arts, particularly, and we also discovered that our favorite food is ice cream. So there have been many opportunities for ice cream eating over the last four years, and um, it's just worked out very well. What does it bring to your life to have such a friendship? I'm not going to ask your age, Jamie, but to have a friendship at your stage in life with a person of 12, yeah. so 14 years of age. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, I'm an empty nester. My kids are adults. They are, they're long gone. And like so many things in life, when you volunteer or when you put yourself out there, you actually get as much as you give. And I feel that that is really the case with big brother, big sister. Um, Jewel, <laughs> this just makes it sound so selfish, but... I mean, you asked me, what do I get from it? My friendship with Jewel gives me the opportunity to do things that I really like to do, and they're more fun to do with a young person. Like, we go to the Panto. We go to see plays. We, I mean, we, we sound like real culture vultures, and I know that this is not everybody's interest, but it's ours, and that's why we yeah. work well as a, as a you know, friendship. Um, yeah, so it just gives me the opportunity to to do these activities that that we both really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, you and, learned um, all the words to like Hamilton, I, I think. <laughs> we did. Well, see, this is it again. Like we both love musical theater. Like when we're in my car together, 
more often than not, Hamilton is playing on Spotify and we sing along. She knows all the words. I don't know all the words. Mm. And, you know, we listen to Six and these other these other shows that she's introduced me to. Mm. Well, I tend to know the more kind of, you know, classics. Yeah. And, you know, there is a time, I mean, you, you've been a parent of, of teenagers, an actual parent of teenagers. They they look upon you and they say, you're an old person, you know nothing about me. But for sometimes in a big brother, big sister relationship, that doesn't seem to happen. That is so true. Why do you think um, that is, Jamie? <clears throat> well, I think partially it's because I'm not a quote-unquote authority figure to Jewel. I'm not a parent. I'm not a teacher. I don't have to enforce any rules rules. Mm. I'm only there to be a friend and also to be a listener. If she wants to talk about what's happening in her life or what's happening at school, or if she doesn't want to, that's fine as well. But I'm just there just, you know, to, to listen, to have the chats mm. and, and the age barrier. And it's a big one. Um, just has never been an issue with us. I think the jewel is kind of um, a wise old soul. Um, maybe that has something to do with it. I maybe wouldn't you're say just that she's a, big a typical sixteen-year-old. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Listen, when you know I'm desperate for company to go to the panto with, you you know that's the case. Um, so yeah, yeah, we just we just have kind of clicked from the beginning, and and it's just been, uh, I think, a positive um, addition in both of our lives. Yeah, it's run by Feroiga, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And there's I'm mean, and I'm looking at their website now and it says giving just an hour a week can make all the difference. It it pairs adult volunteers with young people looking for friendship and support and you just have to commit to an hour a week. But it sounds to me, Jamie, that committing to an hour a week you, you probably spend a bit more time than that with Jewel and you do more things together, things that take more than an hour a week. Um, sometimes, but I don't meet her every week. Yeah. You know, it's very flexible. There are no, no, no rigid rules. Um, you know, I go home to the U.S. for a few weeks every year. So, you know, I don't see her then. There, there are no rigid rules about how much time you need to spend with your little and how often. Um, all I can say is that I spend enough time with her that the relationship is meaningful. Yeah. Jamie, great talking to you. And I remember talking to you many times when you were involved with the Opera House and other such arts circles in the city. So good to catch up again. That's Jamie Monaghan. Uh, Big Brother, Big Sister program run through Faroe They have a website, bigbrotherbigsister.ie. There's the big sister. I, I'd love to talk to the the little brother or little sister um, in, 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 in a relationship like that to see what they got from it. Because... This thing between an adult and you know yourself when you're when you're kind of a day over thirty, and particularly you're a day over forty. When you're one day over forty, every teenager put on the planet thinks that the next place for you is six feet under. And what the hell could you possibly know about their life? And that soon that that soon changes. By the way, if you're in that space at the moment, that changes. I promise you. Um. That older person and a teen, the, the big brother, big sister, it works on a different level. It's cool to hear about. Bigbrotherbigsister.ie, 0818 
96, 96, 96. Staying with the cost of electricity and running things, are dehumidifiers hard on electricity? I just looked it up. Ideal Homes published an article on it yesterday. Yeah, the article says it. the type and the size of your dehumidifier will affect running costs. However, to work out exactly what one appliance is using, you need to find out what you pay for energy per kilowatt hour, etc., and the wattage of your dehumidifier. But basically, a dehumidifier is a load of fans uh, sucking in moisture out of the air and cooling it down and making liquid out of it and all that kind of carry on. That's going to cost money. A dehumidifier is going to be expensive. There's abs- anything that makes a noise, anything that heats something up, water or air, or anything that makes a noise, like a fan, a big fan inside, that's probably going to cost you money too. Uh, those floor heaters, you know, those blow heaters that you see on the floor, or some people don't know what they cost an absolute fortune. The article is saying mod- more modern dehumidifiers aren't as expensive. Yeah, well, the mo- more modern anything kind of isn't as expensive as the ones from a few years ago. If you buy a new washing machine, for example, it'll cost you a lot less to run than one that was five years old. It's just they're making things differently now. Thank you, Morris. You really did start a conversation, so you did. Uh, My washing machine connects to the hot water, says Mary. But I have to turn off the heating box to stop hot water coming through because the clothes will come out full of wrinkles. I don't know what you mean by that, Mayor. Do you mean that, have you got one of these systems in your house where you can have water, water and rads? So just water or water and rads. If you've got that lever in the hot press or wherever you have it, because we have. So you're saying that you can run the washing machine when you're on water, but not when you're on water and rads. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Morris, you really did start a conversation here. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Corkadorka Theatre Company in association with Backstage Theatre Longford presents Emma Riley's debut play, The Spin. This new production comes to the Everyone Theatre on Sunday 25th of September, running until Saturday, October 1st. Access all areas. Fresh from some stunning performances at last weekend's Electric Picnic, DJs Deck, Pierce and Jenny Green have been announced alongside King Kong Company to headline three shows at this year's Guinness Cork Jazz Festival. The shows take place at the Opera House from Friday, October 28th to Sunday the 30th with tickets on sale tomorrow. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events or gigs by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. With Cork Culture Night, Cork City. Enjoy free events in over 100 venues on Friday, September 23rd. See culturenightcork.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Maria is on from y'all. She says you can buy dehumidifiers in deals. They're just a carton with beads inside that take in the moisture. I use them in my bedroom. After a while, they just fill up with water. No electricity needed. Thanks for that, Marie. Yeah, they, I've seen those. I wonder, are they are they good? You can buy them for the car or for a small room. They're very effective in the car, I'm told, that they keep all the condensation down. I've never seen, I've never actually tried one. Thanks, Maria. Uh, Tony got a fridge freezer, new fridge freezer. His overall electricity bill went down 20%. Overall, 
Crikey. The same thing happened when he changed his shower. The fridge freezer is on around the clock, obviously. But the effect was more dramatic so than it was with the shower. Thanks for that. Yeah, more modern appliances definitely are more efficient on energy. Uh, we've two showers in our house, not shown off, but we do. And and one shower is an awful lot more energy efficient than than the other. An awful lot more. Martin says, I'm a musician from Cork. Oh, yes, I know you, Martin. Are you into, I interviewed you a few months back. Martin Leahy sent us an email. He's written a song called Everyone Should Have a Home. And he'll be performing it at the Cost of Living protest in Cork on the 17th. Ah, yes, and he still does. I was talking to Martin. Now, now I remember. Still does a weekly protest outside the Dáil every Thursday at 1 o'clock. 0818-969696. Let me go to both Lorna and Quiva, who joined me. Good morning. Morning, 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 guys. I want to talk about the women's circle and a new way for women to make friends. Start with you, Lorna. You're part of it, obviously. Tell me about it and how you got involved. Yeah, so um, um, women's circles are a place where like-minded women come together, PJ, each week. Um, we connect, we check in with each other. We, you know, have personal development themes each week. Quiva is a, a life coach, so she teaches us all the things. And it really is a place of, we kind of call it self-love and self-care. It's an hour out of your week, um, forgetting about the stresses of life. And yeah, really coming together and sharing and growing. And um, our favorite part is making connections and friendships with each other. No. Friendships, you mentioned that. We're talking here in the last few weeks and read quite a few articles about it, how difficult adults find it to make friends. And I think particularly women find it difficult to make new friends. Quiva, can you go into that for a minute? Is it difficult for women to make new friends, especially when they move to a new area? Yeah, it can be, PJ. And myself and Lorna both actually moved to Cork this year, so we're actually not from Cork, but have fallen in love with it, I must say. Um, and yeah, it can be very hard to to make connections, like especially deep connections. So we have created a space where ladies of all ages, but like-minded, can come together to make these deeper connections. And I think it's the personal development piece that really helps to nurture these deeper connections because, you know, we're talking about all the things, as Lorna said, um, we have these themes every week that really make us kind of dig deep, go inwards. And we're just creating these connections that, you know, you wouldn't really find it just anywhere, to be honest. It's something special. But the pandemic definitely has contributed to a, a kind of an isolation um, of people. And there, there's a lot of disconnect. So we really thought it was really fitting to set this up now. Yeah. after the pandemic. It's not all about sitting around, though, is it, Lorna? There's there's fun, there's sea swimming, and there's sitting in the freezing cold, eating toasties after the sea swim. There's all that kind of carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So we organised meetups outside the circles. Um, so we've done coffee walks, uh, sea swims. Um, yeah, definitely having toasties in the cold is part of it. <laughs> but um, 
we also have guests in each month. So we get um, wellness guests in to talk about all different things as well. And our themes, you know, one week we had a theme of fun. And um, so, yeah, it's definitely not all serious. And the connections being made and the friendships is already unbelievable. Like we're only we only set this up three months ago and two girls are going to Barcelona next month. There's girls traveling. There's girls that are meeting up and um, yeah, doing yoga, going for sea swims on their own. So it's fantastic. So they're definitely having lots of fun outside the circles but we definitely do have a laugh and have all the chats inside the circles as well sounds fun definitely. did you i mean did you guys know each other before this all started up we didn't yeah sorry go on ahead Quiva. yeah we didn't know each other at all we just met kind of when we moved down to cork and we instantly found that we shared a love for personal development and we've both been on our own journeys, you know, um, trying to bring a bit more positivity into our lives. And we kind of found this mutual connection for wanting to empower women and bring, I think the, the main thing for me is to instill self-worth and self-love in ladies of all ages. Hmm. And where did you meet as a matter of interest or can, I be, can you share that? Where did you meet? Did yeah, you so we... bump into each other at a coffee machine or something, whatever? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure that does happen but no we, we actually met at other circles so it just shows and that's why we we tell the girls all the time we met at other circles you know friendships can be made connections can be made and um, although myself and Quiva are not from Cork um, I, I'd say the majority of the girls that actually come to the circles are from Cork but are looking for maybe um, you know to, to maybe meet people outside their circle at the moment, to maybe meet more like-minded people. Um, like we have a WhatsApp group, PJ, and the stuff that is shared, you know, they share positive quotes with each other, books, podcasts, if there's yoga on in the park. So, um, you know, it's definitely not for people who are not from Cork or just moved down. It really is for everyone and um, all different ages. The, the age group would be probably to take a guess, 20 to 50. Um, right. So just just what you were saying before with the Big Brother, um, Big Sister program, that it just shows with that age range, people want to come together and connect and share stories. And it just shows that we all go through the same things, yeah. no matter what age. And I know that it is about positivity and more positivity in your life. But if it, can, can someone, I'm sure it does happen, bring a problem to a circle? Yeah, PJ, so we'd kind of do a check-in at the beginning and we appreciate everything we want the girls to just you know share what what kind of week they're having so it could be the best week in the world it could be the worst week in the world but what we like to equip them with is a tool to go away to kind of build resilience and use some kind of tool from the life coaching toolkit that they can navigate life a little bit easier and the challenges. But even just in the sharing alone and the kind of holding each other, holding a space where we can connect and share whatever we like. And it is a confidential space as well. We do have some guidelines in place there. And it really just helps to kind of feel things. As we say, feeling Hmm. is healing. So we want to feel it all, you know. Cool. It sounds like a great idea. I know your circle, Cork Connections, you meet at Nemo. Uh, on Tuesdays at 7 and Thursdays from half 7 and can people just rock up and join or do you want them to contact you first? 
Yeah. Um. So, so at the moment, it's uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays and at Wednesdays. seven thirty. Okay. Um. Just because. Um. Yeah. That that was what the girls wanted for the summer. <laughs> so we uh ch- changed it. So it's at the moment they're Tuesdays and Wednesdays at half okay. seven. Okay. The best way to get involved, or if you have any questions, is our Instagram page. So it's Cork underscore Connections. We will always post PJ if there's any spots available and you just message us we'll book you in and um you know i i the reaction and response we are blown away you, you know it's 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 absolutely fantastic so we really are thinking about how we can serve more people in other areas of cork or even other areas of the country um because we definitely know that this is needed so uh definitely keep an eye out on the instagram for online circles because a lot of the women might have to cancel last minute because they're mothers or they're they can't make it out of work sure. so um, and I know when people hear online, they think, oh, no, not another Zoom. But we promise we're going to make it, you know, very special. We're going to, you know, make it s- small groups okay. and we're going to have lo- uh, local meetups. So definitely Instagram is the best place to um, to start. Get- OK, OK. Yeah. All right. That's where people can start then. So uh, Lorna Mooney and Quiva Lillis, Cork Connections, Cork underscore Connections on Instagram. Thank you both. Good luck with it. Two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Answer 10 questions to claim all that cash. Stacking up the cash. 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 The two grand minute. On Casey and Ross in the morning. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Just listening to that news story and it's all over your newspapers this morning as well from cyberspace about kids being exposed to nasty stuff online and it's disturbing and it's very real and very happening and it's very big news today but we were talking about this on the opinion line I would safely say two years ago Graham Mulhern used to be on with us from besecure.ie and besecure online and we had many a good chat with Avril Ronan from Tread Micro about young people on the web and how dangerous it could potentially be Hopefully, they'll start taking note of it now that this finding has been published. But we were talking about it here quite a long time ago. 0818 96 96 96. The text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. Also, your voicemails, voice messages. Welcome on that. The email opinion at 96fm.ie. As I sometimes say, if you're listening out of hours... That's listening to our podcasts. We put up the bones of 30 podcasts per week from the show, including the full program every afternoon, well, with all the news and the ads and stuff taken out. But 30 podcasts a week. Just subscribe wherever you get yours, and they'll come through to you as we publish them. Or if you're listening to our overnight repeat show between 3 and 5, a lot of people listening around the world to that because of different time zones and stuff like that. If you need to contact us out of hours, opinion at 96mm.ie 
is the best way to do that. And we'll get right back to you as quickly as we can. 0818 96 96 96. Let us go and have a chat with mini Irene O'Donnell, who has recently come forth in a very special World Championships held in Finland. What World Championships were they, Mini? Good morning. Hi, how are you, Fiji? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just back from Finland there. I was in the Strong Woman uh, World Championships. Um, it's a natural strength competition. like. Right, strong. No, natural strength. <clears throat> what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so basically, like, if uh, you can't, it's tested, like, so it wouldn't be, like, you couldn't be taken. you know, some people like to enhance their strength by taking steroids and stuff. So for this competition, you, you're you natural, like, you know, you'll be tested, so you can't take anything like that, like. You need to be as clean as a whistle. How did you get into this <laughs> yeah. strong woman stuff? Like, well, First of all, what did you have to do with the championships? You had to pull a tractor, <laughs> did you? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was um, pushing a tractor um deadlift in a sauna um, wow, a sauna <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay. That's all. <laughs> okay right and carrying a yeah. yoke what's a yoke um <laughs> it's hard to explain i always say it's like in the shape of like a h and then you carry the middle bar going across so that was um 120 kg so we i think it was like 30 meters so whoever got the fastest time then on that, like... That's like a cart, a cart, like a cart without wheels or something, and you have to... Yeah. Great. Yeah. How, how did you get... Well, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Um, I'm from Mitchellstown myself. Right. And where? how did you get into this stuff? Um, they used to do competitions locally here a few years back, and um, then I started seeing women in it, and I was thinking... Uh, do you know, I'd like to give it a go, like, do you know? So one year I'd done it anyway, like, and... Um, I just turned out that I was kind of just naturally strong, like, because I don't really train much for them now at all. Like, I just kind of was turning up. And <laughs> um, so that was a few years ago. That was 2019. And then I've done um, East Cork Strongest Woman in um, TK Fitness in Middleton. Right. And I actually placed third in that competition, being my second competition ever. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Um, the lockdown then came in and um, I kind of only went back to it then this year where I'd done uh, Ireland's Strongest Woman up in the north. Um, right. I placed third in it. And then I had Europe's, which was in Wexford in July. And I placed second in that, which qualified me then for the Worlds. Good for you. So. Fourth, fourth, <laughs> in the, fourth in the world. How do you train for something like that? I mean, do you have, have, to, do you have to have some fella loan you a tractor to push it up on the <laughs> be handy all right no we didn't get to train the tractor at all so it was basically i just turned up on the day and done it (laughs) as you do like yeah so how do you train Uh, (laughs) um well as i said i to be honest i've never really trained much for competitions like but um say like in your say your normal gym like you wouldn't really have that type of equipment like um but there's there are gyms around the place i go to a place in wexford there sometimes and again, that gym, TK Fitness in Middleton, where they'd have the equipment like um, the Atlas Stones, we say, the Yokes, um, the Log, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I saw a picture of oh. you with, yeah, you were in a gym, but it was like this, it was like a metal bar, just a big thick chunk of metal lifting it over your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Log, I'd say. <laughs> now, talk to me about, I'm not letting you away with this, sauna. 
lifting a sauna. Like saunas <laughs> are big things. That's like lifting a whole room. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is when you think about how, how do you manage that? Do you stand up on a platform or something over it? Um, first of all, you're not exactly yeah. eight foot tall either. You're you're small. Yeah, I'm five foot one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they basically have the sauna. It was kind of like the shape of a barrel, if you like. It was a big kind of one. And they had it on like a stand. And then they had like two bars coming out. And then, say, the bar has gone straight across in front of you, so you lift from the front like a deadlift, kind of. They're basically full of bricks and stones, aren't they? Saunas, like... Um, yeah, they could be. I didn't look into it, now. <laughs> and I, think, I hope there was nobody inside in it like that. <laughs> oh, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, fourth, fourth in the world. So, so what next? Um, my next competition now is going to be um, Static Monsters and the Strong Woman League. So the Strong Woman League, that's in um, October. So they're a group there, Strong Woman Ireland. They set up there in 2020. And then last year then they um, formed like a committee, you know, so it's all women. Um, it's basically to promote the sport like and women in the sport because mm-hmm. I suppose a lot of people think that women... Do you know, lifting weights isn't really for women. You'd hear this, like, you know, but um, I love it anyway. It's the most fun thing ever, like. And like I said, I do it for the fun of it, really. And if mm-hmm. I place, well, good, but... And as I said, usually I seem to do all right, like, but... Yeah. <laughs> and come here to me. What the hell is Static Monsters? I do, you, I'm not letting you letting away with that either. What on earth is Static Monsters? Um, so it's, it's, a, it's like a worldwide event, like, where you do um, an axle deadlift and the log press overhead, like that barrel thing you were talking about. Yeah. Um, so whoever, like, it's your max lift. So say, for example, like, if you lifted, like, I don't know, 160 kg or something, like, there'd be weight classes, like, so there might be under 65, under 75, under 82. And then they put you into the system where they'll show you where in the world in you are, like, you know? I see. I see. So this is the standard. Yeah. Here's the standard, and this is kind of what, what where, where you're at just now. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, a, a personal best in, in that? Um, my max on the deadlift is 160 at the moment and the sauna. <laughs> 160. All right, so in, in, yeah. in, in all, I'm looking at old-fashioned stone here, or 100 weight. That's 25 stone, two and a half pounds. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you're only five foot one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My good. Apart from all this, you're a busy mother too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I have a little boy. He's seven. Right. Where do you get the time for, yeah. to fit him? Well, at least the handy thing about him is you can carry him around. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> what does What does he um, think of all this? Oh, he absolutely loves it. Yeah, he's mad into it as well, and. He's obsessed with, I don't know if you know, Pow Dwyer. He's Ireland's strongest man there. I do, yeah, you've heard um, of him. Yeah, he loves him. He met him once and they went in for a picture and Pow went to do a fist bump, but he, he puts up his muscles. <laughs> Good for him. He's starting yeah, young. Yeah. He's starting young. He said he's going to be Ireland's strongest man someday. So, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think it's great to talk to you and we'll, we'll keep a, 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 an eye on your progress. 
Look forward to <laughs> maybe right. talking again. Fourth in the world, the fourth strongest woman in the world, Mitchellstown. Five foot one Mitchellstonian, <laughs> mini Irene O'Donnell is the fourth strongest woman in the world. Listen, lovely talking to you. Lovely talking to you, girl. And good luck with the, with the, with the sport and the career. Oh, she's funny. Lifting a sauna. Lifting a sauna. Oh, lifting a sauna. Like just, just as you do kind of thing. Thanks, Minnie. 081, and she is mini, she's only 5 foot 1, and she can lift a sauna. 0818 96 96 96. On electricity prices. And that'll be, we'll have one of our podcasts will be of mini today if you want to hear that back. On electricity prices, there's a WhatsApp message. Hi PJ, in relation to the energy crisis, I wouldn't be expecting the government to do anything to stop the prices going up. They're taking too much off the top, like with petrol and diesel. When the fuel was over two euro a litre, the government was getting over a euro of that. That is why they won't do anything. I think you did the calculations a few weeks back. I did too, you're right. In relation to the hotels crying about energy costs... These are the same people who hiked up prices all summer uh, so the people couldn't afford them. Sorry, but I don't hold any sympathy for them, kind regards, Ken. The only thing I would say about that, Ken, and it was Neil Grant from the Celtic Ross that we uh, talked to on that subject. And Neil Grant was one of the people who was turning around to his colleagues in the industry and saying, whoa, lads, whoa, steady, steady on here. There were... People, there were hotels around the country that were creaming it, absolutely slaughtering people. Dublin being a nightmare. Like, I don't know anybody who has a ticket for Garth Brooks that's actually staying in Dublin. The number of people that are driving back afterwards because it's just bonkers to try to get a room or driving halfway down the country before they stay somewhere. But an awful lot of hotels around the country, Ken, did hold their horses a bit. And I know that, uh, looking back on it now, Neil Grant and his colleagues at the Celtic Ross were one of the group that did hold their horses. But your point is a valid one. A lot of people did rip us off over the last few months. 0818 or try to. 0818 Stream the freshest hits of 2022 on the Hit Mix. Let's go! Or find the biggest workout bangers on the Fit Mix. The Cork's 96FM Hit Mix and Fit Mix are streaming live right now. Streaming live right now. Melody is playing, playing. Download the Cork's 96FM app. Listen on your smart speaker. Or go to 96FM.ie. Funny you know the things that start a conversation on the opinion line. Um, the biggest question on our various platforms this morning is... How could I feed me hot water into the washing machine? Is it all right for the washing machine? How could I do it? Would I need a plumber? I don't know. I think you probably would need a plumber to do it properly. Either a plumber or you'd need to have one of those little outlets on your hot tap or your hot pipe going to the sink kind of thing. But certainly a lot of people asking that question this morning. How do I attach me uh, hot water to the washing machine? That sounds like a good idea. Thanks for that, Morris. 0818 96 96 96. If anybody who does repair or maintain these things for a living knows whether it's okay to do that, we'd love to know too. Uh, 0833 96 96 96. There's a, an international garden to be opened 
at Ardfoyle Convent in Ballin Temple today. It opened this morning, in fact, uh, in the last uh, hour or so. And it's a very special garden. Fanula O'Connell from the Cork Migrant Centre Youth Coordinator. Fanula, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for inviting us. This garden has been put together by people in the migrant system, in the direct provision system, yes? Yes, yes, and a big help. Um, we've managed to get uh, so much support from Sister Mora and the Sister of Our Lady of Apostles. They provided a space for us to have this beautiful garden where we've managed to grow so much crops. And the, the beautiful thing there is like a lot of the seeds um, are from the home countries of some of the women. And then they can they also got local seeds which they were able to grow in the garden and today we have some <laughs> some kale we have radish we have potatoes wow. it's it's really beautiful yeah <laughs> so as this you've been working on this over the summer i take it to get it ready and is it and plant it um yeah we actually started last year um we've been working slowly looking at the weather um, looking at the, our volunteers, um, so it's been a slow start, but I think we we pretty much have the hang of it. You know, a lot of the gardening, it's you 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 learn um, you learn from what works this time, and then we do better next time. But we are so lucky and so proud of what we've managed to accomplish. Now, our climate would be a lot different from the climates that a lot of the women will have come from. So there must be some unusual crops in the garden. Ah, yeah, we do, we do. Um, we have a polytunnel um, that we we were given um, by the Horticulture School at, at the convent at Artfoil. Yes. And we've managed to grow some hot chili peppers. We managed to grow some okra, wow. some muchicha from Eastern and Central Africa. Um, yeah, a lot of, of course, <laughs> a lot of exciting things. The summer, the summer was hot anyway. So, what temperature might it be like inside in that tunnel? You, I, you've grown hot chili, <laughs> holly, hot chili peppers. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, we've been so lucky, and I think a lot of the success of the garden has come down to the many volunteers and organizations that we managed to engage. So we have Johnson Control. Remitly, we have Apple being the latest one to support the project. And it's really a beautiful space for people to come and share ideas, learn about each other, exchange culture. It's it's almost a bridge um, from here to there, from homes to homes and from the past to the life people have now. So it's, it's a really special place and we really love it here and we hope to do more going forward with it and expand it hopefully i was just like going to say i mean obviously for for your own communities you, you know you can grow your own food in in a country that's far away from home and i can't imagine how important that must be to people but i could see a business here too fanula cuz a lot of people might like to buy actual chilies grown in the ground here in cork you know that's true. Um, but at the minute, I think it was, it's just a tester. So a lot of the, the people that we're working with, some are either in dark provision or has recently transferred out. And a lot of them don't have access to the type of foods that they would have home. So a lot of the beauty around the garden has been people who have children that have never had food from home. can now They can now cook those foods for their children. Fabulous. It's this, it's this beautiful kind of 
process that's happening and the mental health impacts like you you can just see it from the garden and the people that that come every week to kind of water to weed to clean to harvest it's it's a really beautiful space and we're so we're so happy and we're so thankful to to our lady of apostle sisters for gifting us this space for this time so we're well, it's, We're it's, lucky. It's a wonderful idea, and I'm delighted it's going so well for you. And I wanted to talk to you about it today. It's the official opening, as it were, has been taking place today. Fanul O'Connell, who is the Cork Migrant Centre Youth Coordinator, that garden centre based at Ardfoyle Convent in Ballon Temple. Foods from around the world and the polytunnel. I'd love to know okra and hot chilies and goodness knows what else is inside in that polytunnel. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Like that story. That particular song, Alison Ronane joins me from the voice from Voice Works to talk about their indie choir which uh, meets every week and it's a whole new way for adults to do music in a choir you're saying that um alison your own choir doesn't do that song but the young ones do and you hear it every week so a good way of bringing you in i guess (laughs) (laughs) hey pj how are you doing Uh, yeah how are you like uh, oh yeah we hear adele every week (laughs) good 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 now you would think when you hear the word choir that you're going down the road of religious music but the indie choir does pop like you do the chain by Fleetwood Mac and stuff like that do you do any particular kind of pop or does some pop lend itself better to to acquire like would you do a Westlife song oh we love it all honestly anything fun so like in the past we've done ABBA like does your mother know the Beatles with a little help from my friends Justin Timberlake we've even done like a Zambian folk song called Bonse ABBA um, so it's anything fun, really. Um, and this term we're doing I Want You Back by Jackson 5. Um, Kiss from a Roll by Seal. What a tune. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. Um, and of course, Christmas songs. The minute it hits November for a choir, that's that's Christmas Central. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. A lot of people would like the idea of joining a choir, but they they, they think it's, it's very hard. They've never done anything like it before would they have to practice an awful lot is it just for fun or is it is it difficult yeah it's not that hard really to be honest like there's comfort in numbers i suppose so there's always other people singing the same line as you yeah so like what i say to all the choir members is to just listen to each other and if you get lost, it's grand. Just mime along. <laughs> like, or if all else fails, sing the melody. Do you know? Yeah. Um, but you're, look, in every choir rehearsal, there's always bum notes. And to be honest, that's what makes each choir rehearsal just so much fun. You know, we kind of have the crack, we laugh. We learn our lines and um, there'd be a bit of practice at home. Like it's a fun choir, yeah. but if we have a performance coming up, that's kind of the only time I crack the whip. <laughs> yeah. And you're singing the same so, song as the rest of us, Mary. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that was a bit jazzy now, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so like, for example, we, we just performed in City Hall in Cork with the amazing Lisa Leahy mm. for the Soul in the City Festival. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we had a few tunes to do for that. So one of them was With a Little Help From My Friends by Joe Cocker. Yeah. Um, 
brilliant song and oh my goodness Leisha is just an incredible singer but so anyway the whole choir they pulled together and they learned these songs in three weeks and it was incredible so like it's great fun and sometimes there are performances to practice for and other times it's just singing away every week and having the crack like I guess apart from being fun it's a taster for people so if somebody wanted to go further if, if they discovered a particular love for singing in a choir it'll it'll help them exactly yeah so one of the lovely things is that we've had some singers start off as choir members and then they've moved on to do one-to-one lessons with us right and now some of these singers are actually wedding singers or singing teachers themselves so it's so lovely to see that progression Yeah, it's just such a lovely introduction for people to music. So every week we'd start off with some warm ups. So, you know, you're kind of coming away each week learning some new vocal warm ups. Um, And then I suppose I can't help myself being a singing teacher and I'll start to kind of point out little bits of vocal technique. You know, maybe if we're doing a particular song, I might kind of point out one thing and I might give them an exercise. And some people don't have any interest and some people will go away and practice that themselves. Um, And then so there's always opportunities in the choir for anyone who wants to sing a lead line. So I think it's that lovely progression that you can kind of take it as far as you want, I suppose, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a a teacher yourself, Alison, I wonder, have you had the experience of a whole bunch of new people in the room and, and you start working on a tune and all of a sudden there's a voice coming from the corner going, oh, my God, listen to that. Yeah, that yeah, it happens and it's so lovely. Um, and I think that's what's so lovely about the group is there's all these different levels, you know. So there's some people who might have never sang before or maybe a lot of adults who say like, oh, I sang in a choir, you know, when I was in school and I, I'd love to give it a go. And so there's like a large portion who are who are kind of just at that level. And then if I hear a voice that is kind of peeking out, you know, they'll kind of be singing a lead line, I suppose. Yeah. So, are, there, yeah, are, there, are there people who come along, Alison, to something like this and don't know, actually don't know how good they are? Totally. It happens all the time. It's such an Irish thing, isn't it? You know, air sure that was only to your own pennies. You know, air I can't sing at all. <laughs> yeah, it's a good start if you wanted to go into further in. Like you said, voice teachers or maybe wedding singers themselves. And voice works now is a major operation. I mean, I remember years ago when when it was just starting off. Like there's there's lots of other stuff you do. I mean, you get you you train people not so much just to to sing but to perform. It's a whole performance thing. Yeah, we do. So we offer one to one singing lessons, and it's for all ages and all levels. So when I say all ages, the vast majority of my students are actually adults. And some of the other teachers then, the vast majority of their students would be primary school or maybe junior cert and leaving cert students. Mm-hmm. And when I say all levels, some of the adult students I have would be maybe professional or semi-professional. You know, maybe they're gigging and maybe they lost their voice and they're, they're like, oh, OK, I think I need to learn a bit of technique, you know. Mm-hmm. Or some adults are just hobbyists and they're like, do you know what? I have a wedding in a year and I'd love to sing a song at the afters. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, that's, a, that's as yeah. big for them as a, as, a, as a professional training for a gig. So, I mean, with the Indie Choir, you're looking for members now and people can email you. 
Yes. Yeah. So that's info at voiceworksstudio.ie or you can check out our website. And yeah, we'd love to welcome any new members. So I guess the main thing is if you love to sing, um, just give us an email. We'd love to have you. Okay. And it's 7.30 to 9 on Tuesdays at CBS Blair yes. History. Okay. All right. That's the one. And you're on Instagram as well and on the other social channels. But to, to, if you want to join, if you want to get involved, want to find out more, thank you, Alison. Alison Ronane from uh, the, the director of the choir at VoiceWorks. If you want to find out more, maybe join. It's info at voiceworksstudio.ie. And there are two S's in there. So it's info at voiceworksstudio.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. You know, a lot of people thinking long and hard and in various corners of their thought process about this whole price of fuel thing and price of gas crack. And it is fairly well established now that the companies are charging as if all gas was made from electricity, or all electricity, rather, in this country was made using gas, which isn't the case at all. It's it's not the case. We've got wind and we've got solar and we've got this and we've got that and that the other. But we're being charged as if it was all coming from gas. And, and that in itself is a question that needs answering. Talking about how to save electricity does not make sense, says this message. I must now take a second job to prepare to pay my winter bills. But why does the ESB raise prices if Ireland doesn't use Russian gas? 27% of the gas we use is our own. The rest of it is bought from Great Britain. They use about 3% of Russian gas to produce electricity. So where's the price rise coming from? And there's probably some big economic explanation to that that makes sense at the end of the day, but it's a very valid question. We actually use precious little Russian gas. We don't buy Russian gas ourselves. We buy a lot of gas or we take a lot of gas in from Britain and they use about 3% of their gas is Russian gas. So that is a valid question. It really is. 0818 96 96 96. Now, uh, it's it's Friday and Saturday and then three days next week, five gigs with Gareth Brooks starting at uh, Croke Park this weekend. The gigs that were supposed to have happened in 2014 and of course they're happening now and there's fierce excitement altogether there was a press conference yesterday at Croke Park to launch it it's almost like they're launching a festival Crossy rather than just a couple of gigs morning good morning how are you there wasn't this much fuss over EP do you know do you know what? This is, in the last two weeks, this is press conference number three, and I've just been invited to press conference number four, which is happening on Thursday, with the big man himself going to be in attendance. This is massive. Do you know what? I, I've been to so many of these in Crow Park over the years. You usually go, you get a cup of tea, you get a sandwich, and then you're brought out onto the pitch to see the stadium. This time, the windows were blacked out. We were all brought by security guards from the car park on the North Circular Road right into Crow Park itself. And I was like, is there any chance I can just even do a little video just to kind of, you know, oh, we're kind of here. Put it on your radio station, social media. Absolutely not. You are going in. 
Yeah, they want the fans to be so impressed by this, they don't want anything leaking. Um, it's taken them about six months to build this, this uh, stage. It was flown over and uh, shipped over from America, uh, designed over there just for Crow Park. So this is just for Crow Park. I know, no, no, hold on a second. So they, they got, they actually have built, this is a bespoke stage for Crow Park alone. Just for Crow Park. They said, we want the crowd to go Wow. Now, they kind of let something slip. And I, I was like, I was like, no, can we go back to that question again? They're like, no, no, no. I was like, let's go back to that question. <laughs> they said that they're going to be filming this. This is going to be a Netflix documentary. So it's not just going to be five massive nights in Kroger kicking off this Friday. It's also going to be a documentary. And I wonder, are they going to bring in what happened a couple of years ago and then bring that journey from what happened, who spoke to who, how did the locals deal with it, to eventually having five nights in Crow Park? You, you could see that making a great Netflix documentary. A colleague of mine here said the best concert he ever saw was Garth Brooks in Vegas. He said that the second best concert he ever saw was Garth Brooks in, in Vegas. My pal was wow. at a, a Garth Brooks gig many years ago and he said, this guy is a showman among showmen. He's got something very special uh, planned for us. I really think he does. You know, um, there's 400,000 people on our small islands going to be descending to Dublin to the inner city, Crow Park, to see a man perform. Some people have tickets for the five nights. Some people have for three nights. And for the first time ever, we were told that there is very few people living in Dublin going to Crow Park. It's all people from outside of Dublin. So um, I know they've been really pushing the fact, get on Irish Rail, get on the bus, have a look at their timetables. They've put on extra buses. They've put on extra uh, trains as well. Because like I, I, I don't need to tell you that hotel prices in Dublin at the minute are uh-huh. disgusting. I'm nearly renting out my bathroom yeah. <laughs> for Garth Brooks. Oh, listen. Joe, like, it's bad. Joe, Joe Dolan at his peak didn't, atta- did, didn't attract as many buses and trains as this one. <laughs> <an absolute trip>. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking to the man no himself, the other man himself, Peter Aiken, uh, about this, because he's been, he's been trying to put these gigs together since 2014. He has. Yeah, Peter's brilliant. Peter's brilliant. And yeah, here's what he said. Let's have a listen. It's finally happening. How oh, do you well, feel? That's great. I mean, it's been a long eight years, but... It's surreal, you know, that it's happening, but uh, really looking forward to it, you know. A lot of people said he's such a genuine, lovely man. You've been in his company, can you... Yeah, yeah, he, he genuinely is. I mean, I've never had a problem with him. I've had a lot of dealings with him over the past ten years, and, yeah, he's a gentleman, you know. And have you seen any of the shows so far yourself? I've, I've, seen, it, I've seen it a couple of months ago in San Diego, but this is a completely different show. So uh, it's, uh, I think it's going to be pretty spectacular, and it's, I think the expectations that people have, he's going to live up to them, you know. Amazing. And the buzz around Crow Park this weekend. What advice have you got for people that are coming Well, it's up? just to, to come early, you know, plan your journey and to come early. You know, it's, uh, the, the gates are going to open at 5 o'clock and there's, there's no support and the show starts at 7.30. And just give yourself plenty of time to get here. Plenty of time to get there. I, I'm Come back to the bit, though, Crossy, where you said that the, the windows were blacked out because that's kind of part of going to a, a pre-gig press conference. Remember, with, with Ed Sheeran, we could all see what was coming up with the Westlet gigs here in Cork a few weeks ago, the Elton John. We could all see the setup. You're complete, you were, you were led in in a way that you could not possibly see the setup. We could have done that press conference in Moat yesterday. That's how much we saw from Crow Park inside it. They wouldn't allow us to see anything. They loads of security guards there. And it was mad because I know one of the security guards, he, uh, he's, he's a sound fella, John, and he was bringing us in. I was like, will you go on? Will you just let me have a little peek? And he says, absolutely not. 
no one is getting to see anything inside Crow Park until 5pm Friday when those gates open up. That's gas. I mean, <laughs> what happens if someone puts up a drone and they shoot it down? <laughs> <laughs> someone from the flats will be taking a photograph and selling it to the sun. Oh, God. That's a great idea, actually. Another one of that. <laughs> now, in, in terms of the travelling there and travelling back, um, because I, I think the, you cannot get a seat on an air coach in and out of Dublin uh, this weekend anyway, I don't know about next next weekend. You've been talking to Jim Clark, event coordinator about the plans for the weekend and the fact, like you said, it, the, the minority are, are going to be coming from Dublin. Let's, let's have a listen to that for a second. Well, in terms of the, uh, the, the fans, they're coming from everywhere. Uh, they, over 32% of them are coming from Ulster, 24% from Leinster, uh, I think it's 11% from Connacht and about 16% from Munster. Someone will pick up the, the maths. Uh, normally here we would have about 40 to 50% uh, coming to concerts at Croke Park in the Dublin area. In this case, it's, it's around 15% on average. So that, uh, that reinforces the need for people to come early, to plan their journey and to plan their, um, their, their route home. So in terms of the number of people uh, on site, we will have over 2,500 people working uh, during those concerts in security, in provision of bars and uh, other services, uh, crew building and taking apart the stage and putting uh, the grounds back together. So that's uh, a very significant direct input into the Dublin economy. But the whole event is a massive input to the Irish economy. And... Uh, it's not just an economic benefit. These events uh, actually have a very positive impact on uh, the, the, the sort of feel-good factor. The feel-good factor makes people work harder. GDP is up. Um, you know, it, it, there are so many positives that are not obvious uh, from an event like this. I don't think Dublin's ever seen something like this because usually you get the, like half the dubs or whatever. That must be mad that, you know... Dublin is getting to see a completely different crowd this weekend. That's why we're emphasising the importance of um, looking at the Transport for Ireland website um, because that is going to help people to get here. It's going to help them answer the question, should I bring my car or should I leave it behind? Um, Irish Rail, uh, Lewis, Dublin Bus, Bus Erin, all the providers are adding additional services. Um, so it's uh, important that people use that website to find out how best to plan their journey to Dublin the journey from wherever they are in Dublin to Croke Park by 7.30. That's what time we start at. And also that they plan for leaving Dublin if they're not staying for the evening. Okay, now, Crossy, talking about tickets, um, they've insisted on all tickets to be digital like it was for Ed Sheeran. Now, I'm going to say this in the kindest way I possibly can. A lot of the Ed Sheeran clientele would be what we might call digital natives and would get the whole thing about carrying uh, a ticket on a phone. Some of those would be going to Garth Brooks would still have a blockier rockia. How, how, how are they going to start all that? Do you know what? I, I think they're just telling people, if you've got it, do it, and hoping that, what, 90% of people will do it, they won't be turning you away. If you still have your tickets, you'll be grand to walk in, they'll scan it, and you'll get in as normal. 
I just think they're trying to, you know, future-proof themselves that from now on or, you know what, in 20 years' time, everyone will be going paperless and it will be just on your phone. But they are saying one thing, charge your phones because there's a lot of people, you know, if you're on, on the bus up with the train up and you're fiddling around with your phone for a while, mm. then all of a sudden you get there, you get lost, you can't access your ticket, you don't know where you're going have something maybe even a battery pack you know one of those charger packs as well with you just in case anything like that happens they really don't want anything bad to happen this weekend the 400,000 people going to be in on the north side of Dublin and the residents are all good they're all buzzing for it Um, you know it was a a weird time a couple of years ago when all that happened it was they were all fighting over whether we could have it I mean are the residents happy enough this time that it's going ahead do you know what? The majority of them are. The majority of them are. The majority of them are going to be working in Crow Park. The majority of them are going to be out having the crack with people who are coming out. This is going to be a very friendly concert. It's not going to be rock and people going around with cans. You can see where the, where the community are coming from that, you know, if people are having drinks and all of a sudden they can't go to the toilet and they're, you know, they're littering or whatever. The, the, the Garbrooks, that's not going to be like that. They're not going to be like that. They're all good people. They're all excited. They're all getting ready for this. You know, some people are going for five gigs. Some are going for three gigs. Um, I'm bringing my mum on Sunday and she's getting her hair done on Friday. And, you know, it's 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 going to be such a buzz for people like that, that it's not just about being at the concert. It's the buzz before it. Your, your mum is the luckiest mum in show business. She goes to everything with you. <laughs> Do you know what she was? She she calls him Gareth Brooks. And I'm like, it's Gareth. No, it's Gareth. I've called him Gareth for years. That's the way it is. So I was like, Grant, we're going to Gareth Brooks. You're all right. Um, I might bring her to a tribute act up the road. And like, there you go. Now there's Gareth there in the corner. Well, there, there, there was a tribute act. I remember actually DJing before a tribute act down at a festival in West Cork years ago. A fellow was called Gareth Brooks. Hilarious. God, I wonder if he's around now. Hopefully he's going to us. He was about 60 at the time, so hopefully he is. Listen, Crossy, have a wonderful wonderful uh, event when you get there. You're going just the one night, I take it, with your ma'am. He's there Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend, and then Friday 16th and Saturday 17th of September. Enjoy. And another yeah. with your, your another, another conference with him on Thursday. Thursday, so we'll be we'll be talking to you on Friday about okay. how that went and, and how he's getting on in Dublin and Ireland and all that. But you yeah, might, you might get to see the fun. stage. You might get to see the stage during that one. Oh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. Right, take care. Thanks so much. Cheers, fella. That's Crossy from FM One Four in Dublin. I think you corralling people in so they don't get to see the stage. That's that's next level stuff. I've never experienced that before or heard of anyone who experienced that before. Wow, says this. Uh, message. Some people have tickets for three and five nights. Guess they're not feeling the cost of living. Nor must they be worried about putting on the toaster for an extra slice of toast. Lucky them. The only thing I'd say in response to that is these tickets were on sale a long time before the price of gas or electric went through the roof. A long time before. These tickets were on sale. When were they on sale? I didn't think these tickets were on sale last year. Like middle of summer last year. But point taken, point taken. Right, we just received details. Premier League live this weekend. Uh, back, of course, on 96.e with Trevor and the team from Saturday midday, powered by Talk Sport. And this weekend, the schedule just in. Fulham against Chelsea at 12.30. Liverpool v Wolves at 3. And Man City against Spurs 
at half past five. That's a biggie. Saturday, half past five, Man City versus Spurs. The Premier League Live online is with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You can listen Saturday on the Corks 96 FM app or go to 96fm.ie. Lots and lots more stuff still coming in on bills and the cost of bills and how you're going to deal with the cost of living come summer. It's one that's going to drag on. Three weeks today is budget day, so we've three weeks of it ahead before we find out what's going to happen. But for now, that's your lot. The programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. See you tomorrow just after nine. You guys ready? Drive home weekdays from four on Corks 96 FM. Whether you're leaving work, school, or college, make sure you're with me every evening on the big drive home. I've got celebrity chats. Every summer I'd be going to the bog. I can confirm a tea break at the bog is the best. I've got all things Cork, and I mean all things. Speaking of tattoo fails, or you have the crests that the Cork County Council vans have on my shoulders. And I've got the music that you want to hear. Tunes, pumpers, no better feeling. So all we need is you. Join me, Lorraine every weekday from four. The Big Drive Home on Cork's 96FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.